Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. Well, listeners, good morning. Welcome to Become More Beach, where our great ideas come in waves. (laughs) Carmen, I love it. Love it. That's awesome. You know, we often talk about wasted excellence. And I think this is a concept that I learned from you guys. And it continues to sort of fascinate me. And I ran across a similar concept recently that I'd never thought about. And it's this idea of false urgency. I worked in an organization prior to this that made a big deal out of creating urgency and making sure that people really felt an urgency, particularly for change. And I never really considered whether some of that is a good use of get it done now, a good use of our collective energies. And if in some cases there's this false sense of the faster we run, the better we must be. I guess my question for you guys today is, do you see a false urgency happening in organizations that you work with? And what's the disadvantage of that? And how can organizations put a stop to it if they need to? It's a great question, Carmen, and one that I think many organizations suffer from. Busyness is rewarded as well as riding on the big white horse, you know, in full armor to save the day. Both of those things are places that organizations have a tendency to go. When you're busy, that's good. And when we're in crisis mode and you can actually come in and save the day, that's great. And I think both of those things reward the wrong behavior. I used to work with an organization that very much had that like once a month, we're all going to work all night and we're going to order in pizza to get all caught up. And they felt like this was an exciting, good thing instead of recognizing that they were pretty effed up if the only way to get their collective work done was to stay up all night once a month. I cannot imagine organizing. Hey, none of us are going home. It's Thursday. (laughs) None of you are going home. That's a little crazy. And truly, why would we want to say, let's celebrate, not say it this way, tortoise in the hair. Why wouldn't we celebrate the tortoise who gets things done? There's no huge excitement and chaos and drama in that spot. Slowly but surely, they just get what needs to be done, done and move the organization forward. And I think part of it is we are such a drawn society that we like all of this drama in some ways or another. And drama, it creates energy and excitement and it's shiny and let's run at it. Okay. Versus lack of drama. And in fact, I think that's one of the places where we make a mistake as leaders 
is that we actually reward drama. We actually reward saving the day. We actually reward those time periods when somebody makes themselves look like they're doing something and looks good instead of quietly being good. The whole piece of I swoop in and save the day, I've always thought of as an organizational maturity. It is a measure of how organizationally mature a place is. And it's not saying you will never have to do that because I think, yes, there will. Every organization is going to have oh shit moments that they have to deal with and figure out and resolve. If you're doing that frequently, something is wrong. Right. You're reacting and being in reactive mode is not healthy. It doesn't help an organization reach its potential. It weighs the organization down. It's one of my favorite conversations is, is, well, we were with a group of, of managers and they're like, well, yeah, I, it's really hard to get things. To, I got, I got seven phone calls yesterday and three of them came at night. And what are those phone calls about? What do you mean? No, what are they? Are you logging them? Are there common phone calls that you're getting? Are you using the four levels of learning with the people that are that are making these phone calls. And Scott, what would those four levels of learning be? Well, there are four levels. They start with... <laughs> so if you think about it, ideally, you're having your staff and your team. So the first thing they do is they've tried something. So before they ever reach out, have they tried something? What have they tried? Second one is what resources have they looked up? For instance, the encyclopedia of Google. <laughs> yes. Anyone listening to this may have gotten a let me Google that for you link for me occasionally as a subtle hint that you can Google these things. Third item is who else have you asked? A coworker, a peer. And then the fourth one is, yes, come in. If truly you you have not been able to figure it out after you've tried those things, then yes, let's work, let's work through it together. This is something that even our staff, you know, in the beginning when they start working with us, they have a tendency and had the tendency to come to Scott and I and say, what should I do? And turning this thing around, and instead of us telling them, right, which is the natural thing, staff member comes and asks, a leader then just tells them the answer. And if that is how you lead, then you are teaching your staff that you are the answer giver, that you are the encyclopedia, that you have the answers. Instead of teaching the staff that they are fully self-sufficient, and so one, try things, two, go look it up. All right. Policy, Google, all sorts of things that are out there. Three, ask your peers, right? See if what they've done in the past and what works and what doesn't work. And if all of that is exhausted, then come to your boss. And this is something that most organizations don't actually kind of set out for staff. Most, many, many leaders, most maybe, in this case, answer those questions. And then they wonder why they're frustrated. And because become- I love to be the hero with all the answers, Tammy. Yes. And I think that is one of the reasons I, I feel really good that I know stuff. But remember, Carmen, we have another kind of little thing that we talk about, SSL. As a leader, we need to stay stupid longer. Because in that space, when we stay stupid longer, we help our staff recognize 
that they are not stupid, that they are capable, that they are smart, that they actually are brilliant, and they can problem solve their way to the same answers that we would have. So stay stupid longer and don't answer those questions, which is really hard because you think as a leader, that's your job. It's not. Your job is to grow people, not to have the answer. Helping them find the answer. That's a leader's responsibility. And I'm laughing because Carmen just dropped off. Carmen's gone. So we answered that. She's gone. She'll pop back in. That is the fifth level of learning. Boot them off Zoom. (laughs) They ask you a question you don't like. Boot their ass off. And when you boot them off Zoom, you can keep them from ever coming back in again. It's true. It is so true. Yes. It is so true. Yeah. Maybe she had a power outage. Maybe the power outage she had at the restaurant is following her. Is following her. Yes. Welcome back, Carmen. (laughs) Thank you. Don't you just love it when your computer decides to restart in the middle of a podcast? Yeah. Happens to all of us. Your Mac knows that there's an announcement coming this afternoon. So it was scared. Scared. Yeah. So I think this whole thing about false sense of urgency is we mistake busy or pressure for urgency when really it's, if you think about, I think it's hard to say, is something urgent and only urgent without talking about importance? To me, I don't know of a better model than Covey's First Things First. I don't know of a different one, and I would struggle to think that different one would be any better. But this whole piece of urgent, urgent, and important. And so if you think of urgent and important... The phone rings. Oh, well, so let's talk about that here in a second, right? (laughs) If you think about quadrant one, urgent and important... That is something that's on fire. That is something that if we don't take care of it, the fire is only going to build. And this is a place where I think many people misclassify that or they're classifying it from their perspective versus the organizational perspective. So oftentimes urgent and unimportant, which is the box in the bottom left, right? the phone rings or your boss makes a request of you and people misclassify that as urgent and important, i.e. my boss is calling or my boss has made a request. Therefore, it must be the number one priority. Okay. And they think it is, if I don't get that done, life ends as we know it. That's not box one. Box one really is, hey guys, if we don't take this, this small fire in the backyard is going to consume the house. That is truly what box one is about. And we will miscategorize that. And we should not have very many of these things in the organization. If we are thinking ahead, if we have you know thoughtful plans, if we're organized, right? There are crises that come up. However, these are not every single day. This is like a 10% of your time kind of situation that should be something is on fire. The box that we ignore is box two, which is important and not urgent, right? That's the box that we ignore 
that when we ignore it, we end up with more fires. Yep. So that is the strategy, building infrastructure, process. Training, development, one-on-ones. Think about how often leaders cancel their one-on-ones. They say things like, oh, an important meeting came up, or we're going to meet with a client instead, or they literally keep pushing off those one-on-ones. And honestly, if you're not doing your one-on-ones, you're not growing your staff, you're not helping them know what priorities are. That's a great example of it is not urgent. The staff member is not screaming. The staff member's not in trouble. Okay. However, it's important. And if we don't end up investing there, we end up with problems later on. Staff that is not aligned with what the priority is. Staff that feels abandoned. Staff that's not growing to take on the next task. That's just one thing that actually is in that important but not urgent box that can come back and end up biting us in the butt later on. So that's that piece, this false sense of urgency right? All sorts of things are knocking on the door, okay? Pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And ultimately, if we have to decide with ruthless discernment whether or not that urgency is real or just someone that's escalating it, because if someone is escalating it and we actually go after it, that is wasted excellence And it keeps us from being in the second quadrant, which is truly where we need to invest more time because that allows us to continue to add capacity to the organization and to continue to grow and to stay out of box one, which truly is what we want to do. And folks, if you know this model, the bottom two boxes in that quadrant, those are not boxes you want to spend your time in, right? You want to spend your time in. Box one, when there's a real emergency, and box two, for building the base to help your organization be successful, help your team be successful. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box, and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.